You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Libertarian Country is one of the fastest growing and most popular liberty-themed apparel companies in the world. This American-based company was founded by two brothers out of Baltimore who had a vision to create an online store that offers fun, unique, and controversial political clothing and accessories. This five-star company offers the hottest shirts, hoodies, hats, and so much more. So check them out today. This is an independently-owned, liberty-loving business that basically gives you the exact type of apparel and paraphernalia that you've wanted anyway. You just didn't know you wanted it now. Every purchase you make using the link in the show notes allows a small part of your purchase to come back and support the show. So go on, go grab some awesome libertarian country swag using that link in the show notes. You'll thank me later. Real fast, let me go ahead and tell you about Inbox Dollars. Are you looking for a side hustle so easy you could do it while sitting on the toilet or in between commercials watching your favorite show? Unless you're like on demand and commercials are like an ancient thing to you. Hear me out. Inbox Dollars has your back. For 20 years, Inbox Dollars has paid over $59 million in cash rewards to its members for doing everyday online activities such as reading emails, taking online surveys, playing games, and watching videos and TV. They also have ongoing promos and contests for members to win money online. And they share the top ways for people to get beauty samples, free printable coupons, and other free online stuff. With so many easy ways ways to earn extra cash online and having fun in the process, it's no wonder Forbes, Mashable, Bustle, and so many other trusted outlets name Inbox Dollars the easiest and fastest way to earn money online. If you're looking for a way to influence future products and services while getting paid at the same time, then Inbox Dollars is for you. Click the special link in the show notes of this episode today and get $5 just for signing up. Get this $5 signing bonus just for creating an account. That's Inbox Dollars. The link is in the show notes of today's episode. Get it, get your $5, and get started. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. If you're listening to this, I'd like to thank you, and I'd like to ask you to go ahead and do yourself, give yourself a pat on the back, because you happen to be alive. And uh, that's a a gauge of success these days. You're probably wondering why. We'll get into this in a moment. As always, I'm your host, Remso W. Martinez, and you're listening to On The Run, the podcast where I talk to you about the way in which we live life, how to live a freer life, and how to live a life with meaning. Um, I don't know the answers to that, but hopefully we can figure it out together. And today is uh, is a bit looser in format because, I, I mean, this is, a, this is a stream of thought type of thing. Uh, for those of you a while back, by the time you're listening to this, I'll have an episode out talking about uh, lessons I learned during my solo trip around Virginia. And I promise for those of you that have heard this a million times, uh, I won't get too repetitive. But there's one story, one story left that I haven't told anyone. I was sitting on this uh, – this fire pit has stogie in the middle of the mountains, just alone in Natural Bridge, Virginia, at this hotel I was at. And this um, this Russian family from Williamsburg comes over and sits down next to me. And we start talking. No one's wearing a mask. We're all having a good time. And we're just talking about how life has affected us and everything else. They had a bunch of young kids. Um, 
it was uh, it was it was a good afternoon, and the guy was talking about how some of his friends have been a lot more you know worrisome about COVID and everything else, and they're afraid that any little thing they do might accidentally kill their whole family and stuff like that. You know the little things, and all of a sudden, like he 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 picks up his uh his can of beer and he drinks it, and then he looks at his phone and he like spits it out like on the fire, so the fire blew up a little bit more it's actually pretty cool but then he's like oh my god let me show you this picture and he shows me a picture sent by the friend of his that was all worried about all this stuff and basically as they were coming home from getting groceries the car in front of them had this power line that fell straight on the car and like a freaking aluminum can just crushed to the hilt like just completely pancaked it the Everyone in the car was dead. So I guess when it fell, it was like, you know, when you splatter a jar of jam or something, it just went everywhere. Like, it's just a whole B-rated whore. I mean, it's it's a sad situation, but it's it's how it was. And he, he texted back. He's like, see, in a world where you could die of corona, you could be as safe as you want and still get murdered by a power line. Uh, with that said, I want to go ahead and bring in our guests today, Craig and Bill from the Break the, Bo- Break the Bell podcast. It's the Break the Bell podcast. You can find them on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher. You know how the internet works. Gentlemen, thanks for coming on. Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks for having us. Okay, Craig, and then we'll go to Bill on this one. Same question. Of all the <laughs> random ways you're worried about dying, where does COVID rank between that and randomly getting killed in your car by a power line? I probably have to put the power line way on top above COVID because um, I, I, I'm not buying too much stock. And what, what is it like 0.0009% chance of getting it? Or is that the, is that the death rate? Um, do we even know anymore? Because they don't even really tell us the straight answers anymore. I just assume it's walking around murdering people left and right. Yeah, at the same time, really not an immediate threat to me. It's funny because Bill and I, and Bill's, Bill's mentioned this before, we'll see this guy constantly riding down the road on a, motor, a moped or a motor scooter, and he's not wearing a freaking helmet, but he's wearing a COVID mask. Yeah. Like, he's more scared of getting COVID on his motor scooter than he is of crashing his motor scooter in the middle of the road and dying. It's beautiful. I feel like if you're going to do that, like, you can outrun the COVID. <laughs> or at least not race scooter. it. It, it makes it makes sense, doesn't it? Like if you're going that fast, if you're going yeah. more so than you know uh, your average person walking or even jogging, you can outpace it. I mean, do, have they, have they released the information on how fast COVID travels through the air? Because maybe maybe it travels at like light speed. I, I think it's um, like point one past light speed. <laughs> All right then. I. I, I, I gave up trying to figure it out because it's it's everything and nothing, yet it's all these different things at the same time. And uh, by, by the time this is coming out, I mean, I'll even put a date on these things because there, there's no control over what is happening and what isn't happening. But uh, where I kind of want to start things off is just the behaviors of people. You mentioned the dude on the bike wearing a mask and um, the, the people wearing it in their cars, that's what really freaks me out. And I love I love the Internet. You post anything out and there's a smart ass behind every comment section. Oh, yeah. And I, I mentioned it's like, who are these people wearing masks in their car? And somebody always jumps in with this perfect hypothetical. Well, how do you know they're not Ubering or how do you know they're not transporting people or how do you know that, you know, X, Y and Z aren't happening? It's like, Jesus Christ, you know, as much as I do. Shut the hell up. I don't know. 
Well, they just mandated what Walmart is going to start doing masks and stuff. And, and I'm, I told my wife it's ridiculous. So I'm just going to walk in with my full grade military gas mask and just, you know, walk through the store because, you know, Hey, I'm concerned for my safety. What you're going to take that away from me. I, I am more scared of the other vast amounts of shit you can pick up at. Can you, can we swear on your podcast? Ronzo? Absolutely. All right. I'm more scared <laughs> of the, more scared of the other shit that you can pick up at Walmart Touching the shopping carts and right. whatever else. After a lady has her hand down her pants. Yeah, I saw I saw a picture of a lady like elbows deep down the back of her pants yeah. at Walmart. And it's like, but we're scared of Corona. We're going to wear masks. We had a coworker that warned us not to go to a certain Walmart because apparently they put cocaine on the handles of the carts. And we're like, nobody gives up cocaine that easy. I am going. I'm clearly going to the wrong Walmart. I, I mean, do, do you ever? Oh God, it's been years since I I've been on this website. Do you remember People of Walmart? Oh, yes. yeah. We were looking at it the other day. <laughs> yeah. That's where we saw the lady elbows deep in her pants. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, like people are still updating that. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Oh my it's gosh. it's popular. I, I could walk into a Walmart with my schlong hanging out, but as long as I'm wearing a mask, oh, yeah. they're not going to say anything. Out. Yeah. And I mean, it's just it, it, it's just so funny to see the, the juxtaposition in this, because when you look at the mm-hmm. people that go to Walmart, I, I am happy of some of the trends we're we're seeing, because like my gym, for example, it's it's cleaner and it smelled nicer than it ever has. And with a lot of these other things, like I like people taking more, you know, more time to be, um, you know, cleanly about their stuff but like with walmart it's almost like it just it it's like okay you you walk outside and you see a giant shit on the floor most people (laughs) would go ahead and clean it up i feel like the walmart way of fixing it is to get some clone from the perfume section and just to like spray it. it's like yeah it's still there but it smells nicer that's the the nicest smelling shit we have to offer Yeah, you I remember that old uh, Adam Sandler movie, Big Daddy, wherever the kid peed on the oh, floor, yeah. he just put newspaper down over. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, it, it's it's becoming that in a way, and I mean, I I'm hoping that some of this stuff sticks, but I, I really I really don't want a lot of it to. And the the weird thing is, like when I, I I've gone out to eat a few times recently. Most time I'm still eating at home, but like um, you, you look at what some of these restaurants have done to their parking lots. And like, you know, well, I understand you got to make money, you got to offer alternative dining. So you put all these tables out there. I passed by like this really gourmet steakhouse and they they gentrified this old raggedy mm. parking lot. So it's like you could still see like tumbleweeds everywhere and shit. <laughs> but like the, 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 the forks were pristine silver and everything else. I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is like this is the trashiest, nice restaurant I've seen on on the patio of anywhere or parking lot. It's just weird things like that I'm hoping go mm. away. I was I was working at a job yesterday, I think, and I was uh it's this big kind of like office building on top like net, built onto like a warehouse. And this office building kind of goes around a circle. There's two hallways that kind of wrap around. And so we're going back to this lady's office. But she's like, oh, we got to go this way to get back. So it, there was like kind of like the aisles at Walmart where you have to go certain directions. She's like, we have to go this way to get back to my office. Took the long way around this hallway and came back. And so I told her, I was like, yeah, because you know, the germs only go single file line in one direction. And she just kind of <laughs> laughed. I was like, this is so, there was nobody else in the freaking hall. I'm like, what is this actually doing? 
I, I yeah. wanted a I wanted a jar of like salsa or some shit the other day. I I walked straight in to the to the uh, grocery store near me. Forget whether it's a giant or a shoppers. What what one of those two around here? And I you would have thought that I had like murdered a bus full of nuns because <laughs> you went the wrong direction. Yeah, man. Like I, oh yeah, there's no one around me. I'm not. I'm not following the arrows, even when there are mm-hmm. people around me. And I, I consider myself someone that will obviously always want to stick to the rules of the jungle. But at the same time, it's <laughs> like, okay, the I, I'm at the entrance. I know that all the chips and salsa and shit are on the other end. You're gonna make me walk all the way around yeah, right. past the yep. deli and everything else I need to do. That then I have to go zigzagging through each of the aisles, so potentially putting myself in more of the opportunity to be contaminated by somebody right. else, like the people of Walmart. And then I have to go to the to the to the self checkout registers where yeah you guys are socially distancing them but I still have to press the screen and you mm-hmm. know the kid getting paid minimum wage isn't gonna lice all that shit down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the, uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, grocery store here when it first all started happening, um, they I, I they probably still do it, but after every per- individual went through. They would Lysol after it and make you stand and wait before you put your shit down. And it's like, mm-hmm. this line is just like congesting back behind now because we have to wait for them to spray down after every single use. And it's like, aren't we getting more susceptible to picking up from the person like in this congested ass line than we are from sitting our shit down on your non Lysol counter? <laughs> It, it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, I I like them cleaning the carts because the I mean people put their kids in their carts, and I'm oh, yeah. sorry, like I don't like other people's kids, <laughs> and I, I really doubt that the kids really care much about what's happening. So I mean, little things like that are are getting to me. By the I, way, I had seen a Mexican restaurant had released mask etiquette when you're eating, and basically you come in with your mask, you sit down. When, when the waitress comes to talk to you, you take the mask down, order your food, put it back up. You know, when your food comes, take the mask down. You can eat. If you have to go to the bathroom, put your mask up, walk to the bathroom. You know, it's just like, I just want to fucking eat, man. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm not going to spit my food six feet across the room. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, uh, I, I got paused real fast because I got to run to the restroom. I, I don't not have an iron blotter. I'll be back. Oh, great. No worries. I'm going to eat my chicken. What'd you end up with? Mm. What'd you end up with? Just the chicken tenders. Oh, from uh, Quickstar? Mm. Nice. Have you tried the chicken tender with bacon and cheese sandwich? No. Oh, my God. And it's kind of hidden. It just doesn't say it's chicken tender. It just says, like, like chicken and bacon sandwich. Oh. Quickstar? Yes. Damn. Because they were all out chicken tenders. And I was like, well, I guess I'll get this. Because usually, because their smaller, cheaper ones are like the shitty chicken patties. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll get this. And I got out to my car and I took a bite. I was like, holy shit, this is a world I didn't even know existed. <laughs> it's chicken tenders. It's like two chicken tenders with bacon and then like a slice of cheese on top. Nice. And then imagine that with their chipotle sauce that they have there. What? That'd be freaking good. When Raising Cane's opens up. That shit's gonna be stocked all over my shelves. Mm-hmm. That sauce, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I got a sound coming in. You hear that? Mm-hmm. Is that us or is that him?
I don't know if it's us or him. Might be him. Could be. Since... Oh, well. Not concerned. That's a scary-ass view. I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where somebody cut my fucking screen out. Somebody crawled under there. I was going to say, yeah, somebody would break in through that shit. That's easy to break in. Except that window doesn't open to save your life. Oh, okay. I, well, it's got a latch there, so I can open it. They they got the screen cut out, but they didn't couldn't get in it. They tried. They cut this screen out. Or this one might not have had. This one didn't have a screen, maybe. They tried forcing this. This one I can't open at all to save oh. my life. Yeah, if they would have be easy enough to bust out though, no one's gonna fortunately, see it. yeah. That and all my shit was in here at that time, like my guitars mm. and my keyboard and all that stuff. Um, the one if they would have moved down to the next one, that that window was open, mm. but the snake cage was right there. But that one they would have put their foot right down the snake cage. That <laughs> <one>. <laughs> um, but uh, that one I think is covered by bushes like really big bushes which this one is kind of too so i'm mm-hmm. kind of surprised they went for this one yeah man kind of that irritates me i was trying to think who i was talking to the other day i went to bid an alarm system they said someone had broken in but they didn't like they only stayed in the one room so they mm-hmm. didn't trip the alarm did they get, get away with anything no they like broke in like took a couple steps in and then decided to take off probably saw a motion detector That's around the corner. Thinking, yeah. <sighs> I'm good. Good. All right. Ready nice to you back. I hope you guys were talking because I'm not going to edit this. Oh, shit. We're talking about <laughs> chi- chicken bacon sandwiches. <laughs> People breaking um, into houses. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, back to what I do remember. Shit. Um, yeah. I... As excessive as some of these laws, well, not even laws, they're just these, the, I, I can't tell if they're laws or whatever, because it's like some of them are enforced and some of them aren't enforced. But the one thing I'm really happy to see is that we're not England, at least, because mm-hmm. over in the UK, I don't know if you've seen some of the photos. I know Paul Joseph Watson constantly throws stuff out about this, but like waiters and waitresses are actually wearing like these little greenhouse boxes. <laughs> And I mean, they look like they look like you know the little 1950s robots, but clear. So it's like they're hobbling over to you with their with their tray, and it's like okay. So basically, if you have the COVID, you're basically speeding up how fast it can kill you because you're in this little greenhouse where it's getting all sweaty and humid stuff. Yeah, no and next, shit. And next thing you know, like are, are are they gonna have to clean it? Like, how do you properly clean one of those things? They can never be clean enough. And does each person have one that's designated to them, or do you give it to the next guy on shift it's like you know we're we're so smart we're going to create dumber ways of doing things dumber ways to die like give it to you faster um (laughs) so oops uh sorry i accidentally hit i was recording then now i'm not and i just played you back um so this is like an entire suit or it's just like the the pseudo mask thing it's like an entire like hazmat type suit it's a whole okay. thing. Let oh. me see if I can Google it. But it's like it goes – so it, it's not like it's balancing on your head. It's got like these little harnesses in there. 
And basically, you put it on, kind of like you're, you know, you're strapping yourself in. Then you walk around in this thing. It goes down to about your waist, and it's got holes for your arms. So basically, you could stick your arms out, but then you gotta wear gloves with it. So (laughs) it's like wearing a Disneyland costume, but extra ridiculous. (laughs) Because I mean, think about you have to go back into the hot kitchen to grab their food. Sometimes you gotta wait. You gotta wash your hands between all that. I don't, I don't envy anyone who has to do that right now. I mean, how often are they changing or cleaning it too? Because I've seen people like the people at the checkouts and stuff, they'll have rubber gloves on or just like mechanic style gloves. Like that's going to actually protect you from the virus, but they never change the fucking thing. So it's like, yeah. what good is that doing? It's like at the ER, they change after every time they touch you and they like peel them off in reverse or whatever. These people are wearing the same pair of damn rubber gloves all day long, touching yeah. shit, then probably touching their face, scratching behind their, their mask and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's like, what good is that actually doing? You're just <laughs> got a, a rubber surface now to touch your face with instead oh, of your skin. That, that meme of a uh, Jimmy Fallon, you know, where he's like a, uh, thank you plexiglass for protecting me from the person behind the counter that touches all my shit. I take home. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I uh, I went back into my office for the first time since like February, I think, and they they moved a lot of people around. So now I'm I'm farther away from people, and they put plexiglass between my desk and somebody else's. And the thing is, like, I've got a standing desk, so as soon as I bring the desk up, I'm actually still taller than the glass. <laughs> and if I'm there and I cough, it's like, yeah, you know, the plexiglass might be able to catch it. But if we're saying that this is like super airborne, then why isn't like the smart bomb of colds going to go <laughs> around and get into that person's nostrils? Right. Um, I mean, I, I understand it, but like the, the it's just the weird habits that people have developed about this. Like mm. I went, uh, I went, I went walking through my neighborhood and I see this person who's probably like in their uh, mid to late 40s see me and within like being within 10, 15 feet of me, he like walks out into the street without even looking at the street. He just does like a right face, walks out into the street to go around me. And I'm thinking, OK, like I, I get it. Like we could have just walked past each other really fast. But <laughs> I mean I'm looking at this guy and a car comes out of nowhere and almost hits him. Oh, I'm just thinking like, wow, this is like super, um, you know, social Darwinism in action. Right. It's, it's like, like irony so, at his finest. He's so afraid that I'm a walking like cold bomb that he would that mm-hmm. he almost got he almost got hit by a car. That's insane. Yeah. Um, you get people at the grocery store or people at Walmart and you're walking and they they do the little side step around, like get mm-hmm. all the way up, hug against the aisle as they can, which. I take a step over to just because mostly I don't want people in my bubble to begin with nothing yeah. to do with the Rona or anything, but then you get people that are sitting there the the people that stand in the middle of the aisles and look at the shit and are trying to debate on what they want. Oh yeah. And you just walk behind them because I'm not going to stand there and wait for you. I'm sorry, but I'm not. So you walk behind them in their space and then they're like, ah, ah, and it's just like, yeah. I, I'm sorry. You're taking up the whole damn aisle and I don't give a shit enough to walk around you. Yeah. Um, faster. Just, just move. I, I went to go Ugh. pick up groceries today, and uh, when I got back, somebody looked at me. They're like, "What took you so long?" I'm like, "You gotta understand. I went there just after like the senior citizen hour ended, <laughs> and as they walked out, it's like, have you ever seen that movie? Have, have either of you seen Shaun of the Dead? Yes. Oh yeah. 
Okay, you know how at the beginning of the movie, Sean is just kind of like lazily going about his day, and you see other people, but you can't tell whether they're alive or they're zombies? Yes. It was it was a lot like that. It was a lot like that, but more more Costco, less uh, less London. And you know, it's like I th- things like the senior citizen the senior citizen hour. Like I get that that makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, I, I we we've got to we've got to move on eventually. And I mean, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show the the couple that got squashed like freaking berries by a power line and Mm -hmm. the people that took a picture of it were so afraid of dying from covid um we've had some random deaths recently of people who just we do not expect to die like uh grant from mythbusters and white rabbit Mm -hmm. on Netflix. yeah yeah that dude was 45 or something like that yeah he was young he died of an aneurysm that's crazy. Probably from the stress of all this bullshit. Probably Asian parents. I don't know, but like, <laughs> oh god, that's 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 in poor taste. But like, he he died. I I will regret that later. He died. So, somebody else died recently. I don't know if it was from coronavirus. Um, oh yeah, I mean some some guy that my dad worked with, super super fit, athletic guy. I mean we we all know what what what's going on with that, so I won't give too many uh-huh. details. But I mean like the stress of life probably got to him. I'll, I'll put it that way. But um, I, I do know somebody, a friend of a friend, who um, th- this is what's this is what's really crazy. So okay, I gotta give a little bit of context because it's deep. Have, have you guys heard of the real life superhero movement? No. Uh-uh. Okay, there used to be this thing in like the mid 2000s. It was really like at the beginning of the YouTube era where you, these people across the country would make like superhero costumes, give themselves an alter ego, and what they would do is they would go do philanthropic type of stuff. Like they would go do community patrols, they would put up posters of, you know, wild rapists still in the streets. They Okay, I remember that. That yeah. was a while ago. Yeah, like the 2008, 2009 was that speak. I saw it on Good Morning America yeah. quite a bit. There was this guy who was in a documentary called Superheroes. It was about this movement, and his name was Superhero. Uh, his name was uh, Dale Popel, and he was like the, the head of this movement. And I remember watching videos of them on YouTube as a kid. I mean they're doing all this really cool stuff. The other day, and this is, this is like the most 2020 thing um, – where you're having people who are quote real life superheroes doing this. He posted a vote, uh, a video of him basically saying, all right guys, well, you got to know when you're at the end of your run and, uh, just hope that when you get there, you, you did some good and you put some good out into the world and you're watching this. I'm just like, this is kind of odd. This is getting a little strange. And, like at, at some points he's laughing at these jokes that just aren't really funny. But when you look at his face, he just looks like he's in pain. So he huh. uploads that video. And then shortly after that, he, he killed himself. Holy shit. So I'm watching this. Somebody who as a kid, I remember watching on YouTube during the wild days of YouTube, who was such a, you know, he, he was such a happy go lucky person, at least from an outsider view looking in. So I see that he kills himself a day after watching that video thinking what's going on and mm. it's like you know of all the things we're afraid of killing us we often end up getting whacked by something that's completely out of our our scope of thought like mm. i don't i i genuinely don't know 
if this is a thing or not, but I don't really think many people see their death coming. Like maybe when you're really old and, you know, you're getting to that point, maybe you see it. Maybe if you've been given like a a really bad diagnosis from a doctor, you could see it. But most of the time when you die, you just, I, I, I can't imagine what that's like. You just have no control. You have no clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, my best friend uh, was killed by a drunk driver when I was 22. And uh, ever since that happened, I, I mean, I just look at it. I'm on borrowed time. You right. know, I, I just, I don't know when it's going to happen. And so I just, every day, you know, I just take it as it comes, you know, make sure the people I love know I love them because, you know, I don't know when my, you know, the guy's going to come around the tor- corner and hit me. You know, I just don't. Yeah. And I mean, this is the one thing about this whole period right now. Like I've been thinking about it, folks, I promise we're going to get to some funny shit, but like I've been, I've been thinking of it more so recently than, than really, re- really in a long time. But I mean, with that said, the, the one thing I did was I, I started Googling random doomsday prophecies. <laughs> That's that's nice. not that's like folks i would highly recommend looking at the people at walmart before you do this <laughs> <laughs> are they living proof of the doomsday prophecies uh, essentially dead. essentially like what, what 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 do you two think when you look at everything going on because the joke has been like this is the end of the world and it seems right. like 2020 keeps bringing in just the most random shit like whether it's coronavirus i i think it all like honestly i think all of this craziness started when kobe bryant died Oh, yeah. When Kobe Bryant died, everything started going downhill. And now what we're seeing is like a coalition of worlds between politics, pop culture, our own lives all getting like thrown together. It's like, you know, the whole situation of Chaz, um, Mm -hmm. Jack Posobiec from One American News, he was live streaming from Chaz. And as he's like in the middle of that shit somebody walks behind them some one of those real life superhero dudes who apparently became a villain and started going around beating the shit out of people jeez wow those things are, are that's a sentence i never thought i would have to say out loud <laughs> no <laughs> i think no. there's so many sentences uh through all of this in 2020 it's just uh, how many times have we been like i never thought i'd combine those words in a sentence right. yeah absolutely and i mean before you know it they're gonna be sending back a you know a, a repurposed terminator bot to save kobe you know <laughs> no shit i mean it's uh, uh, and it just keeps getting more and more bizarre <laughs> there there was this you know, like it's it's funny you bring up terminators um there was this <laughs> i didn't want to go there <laughs> okay like there there was this like it's you, you just open that up there's this photo of this super buff like six five chinese guy walking through traffic and like he's knocked down a police officer and this dude looks like a fucking terminator holy shit they make super buff Chinese guys. At least one. He was probably a robot <laughs> or, or that one basketball player, Yao Ming or whatever the fuck. Yeah, the, the one tall Chinese guy. The one, the one that actually became good at sports. And it's like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm watching this, and I mean, let, let, let me. Okay, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and let's let's take a let's take a trip down some of the doomsday prophecies because some of All these right. some of these you think about them and you're like, you know, maybe maybe they're onto something. Others are just like, wow, you know, at least if if this is the end of the world, we have a cooler end of the world. <laughs> no, 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 um, for Sharknado. <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know. 
don't know. Okay, the Aztecs. The Aztecs who lived in what is modern-day Mexico in the 14th to 16th century believed the, wor- the world would end uh, because of a never-ending solar eclipse. And th- this is the whole 2012 thing. Did, did either mm-hmm. of you take take that seriously in 2012? Absolutely not. No, Absolutely not. no I did not. I, I remember somebody trying to make a really good argument that we had died, but what happened was we went through a black hole in another galaxy, and we split off into multiple timelines, and that Holy we're shit. the timeline that lives. <laughs> so Holy we had shit. like the one in a billion chance, and we're that one in a billion. I can't disprove that. How did it? How is it not more exciting than this, though? Like from 2012 until 2019, if this is the alternate timeline, this man, is the darkest I, timeline. I, I am really disappointed <laughs> on how boring that that shift was. I've got a I've got a friend from high school, and he genuinely believes that we are living in a simulation that is the product of a branching reality. And he mm-hmm. thinks that we branched exactly on election night 2016 and that our prime selves that we split from are in this alternate reality where Hillary Clinton became president and we're all in a, like a third world war with Russia. And at this point, <laughs> Watson from the IBM computer that beat all those people on Jeopardy, he's found a way to basically – create other murder robots so now Jeez. we're not only fighting all of like you know what was the former ussr and president clinton's holy war but now we're also fighting for our own right to live as a species so we're in lucky so, ones so we're in, we got the better end <laughs> we're in the simulation so we can avoid all that shit then i i, I I guess so. And he wow. is like, I've looked at him like we, we were sober when we've done this and we've had this conversation. <laughs> we've been drunk and he sticks to it like, like a freaking um, beat. Like it's, it's same and consistent. He's like, if you look at all the weird shit that's going on, it, it just makes sense. Like, okay. Um, he, he, he likes to bring up the whole Mandela effect. Have you heard of the Mandela effect? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, the Mandela effect is basically how a whole swath of society could remember basically two different events and that neither one can prove the other either true or false. Right. And I can I can kind of see that. Like uh, the, the big example is the Berenstein Bears. Yep. How do you spell Berenstein? <laughs> I, and I, I've discussed this with my brother because he's a huge conspiracy theorist. But um, I, I remember it as B-E-R – E uh B E R E N S T E I N or something or something like that. Berenstein. Yes, like the Jewish the Jewish version. Yeah, Berenstein. <laughs> well, that's the thing. The other one is Berenstein, where it's like E A N E or E. Or it's like A I N. There's one that's A I N. I think that the one now is A I N, and so everybody's there's, <laughs> there's another like, one. I think right now, if you Google it, it's A I N. I think it so changed the world, again. The world split again. I think so. It's happening as we're literally speaking. <laughs> yes. I could – I don't know how I feel about that at all. I think it's interesting. But it is like, interesting. Moments like that definitely definitely get you thinking. Uh, I don't think the Aztecs are right about that because after all, they're dead and we're still here. So Right. It's true. That we know of. Maybe they are still alive and we're in a simulation and they're pulling the strings. Well, here, here's one version of the simulation I sincerely hope does not happen. But with the murder hornets, I think it's like a 50-50 thing. This comes from sure. the, the Hopi Indians. 
the teachings of the Native American Hopi tribe predict that the world will be covered with iron snakes, stone oh, rivers, shit. and giant spiders. The seas will oh, no. turn black, and a huge blue star will crash into the planet. Huh. Well, that kind of follows like like biblical yeah. revelation. Like they talk about the giant uh, locusts, and then yeah. uh, half the stars or a third of the stars fall to the earth or something like that mm-hmm. in Revelation. So it kind of, yeah. I mean, when it, it always intrigues me when different cultures and different religions that yeah. never cross paths until the last, what, like yeah. 500 years or so um, have kind of the same, like yeah. similar or <clears throat> parallel prophecies like that. It's Com- comparative mythology is a hobby of mine. Yeah. And so when you look at all the, the flood you know, stories, you know, across different civilizations. I mean, they're all, there's a string of truth through all of them or a string of this, uh, you know, it's consistency. You and, know, that's and interesting. I, I get um, the consistency and historical facts, but when it comes to like prophecies or like uh, um, futuristic events like that, that, that have parallels too, that that's when it kind of blows my mind. It's like, yeah. Oh shit, what's, what's really going to happen. And you can look at the symbolism. I mean, still, what snakes could be what trains, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's different ways it can go with that. Yeah. Cause they it's didn't know different rabbit. They didn't know how to explain a helicopter, right. what a thousand, 2000 years ago. So maybe they said a giant steel locust or something right. like that. So who, who really fucking knows? <laughs> this is why I don't really spend too much time worrying about the whole alien thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, that giant laser disc we shot into space, like in 1988, yeah. I hope yeah. to God if there are aliens, they never find that. Because if they find that and then they're able to like pull out like a laser disc player, whatever the hell that was called, <laughs> they're going to listen to it and they're going to be like, holy shit, these people are playing a game called Galaga and they're ruled by someone named Michael Jackson. They are so easy to kill. They are so easy to kill. And in the age of uh, you know running out of toilet paper, I mean, they would just they could just come here and we would just roll over for them. And they just uh, come and confiscate all our toilet paper, and we kill ourselves. We kill each other over toilet paper. That's all they'd have to do is just buy up all the toilet paper and maybe turn the internet off, and then we're all fucked because we we would literally murder each other. It's like Fight Club when they blow up the banks to go ahead and reset yes. everyone's credit to zero. Yeah, that's how you end the world right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bill, you, you brought up something that I want to kind of jump into before we get back into this comparative mythology. Like I, I took I, I took a creation studies class back at Liberty. It was one of those classes that doesn't transfer for obvious reasons. And uh, I, I happen to be I happen to be a young earth guy. Mm-hmm. I, I follow the, the biblical teaching mm-hmm. of uh, the young earth yeah. theory. And the one thing that I really had to get my mind across was understanding the whole like – Okay, my entire life I've been told that man and dinosaurs did not walk at the same time. And right. now this guy is literally pulling up scripture and pulling up evidence that man may have walked with dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And the more I thought about it, and this is not what he brought up, but I kind of figured this out on my own part. It's like if dinosaurs did walk at the same time as man, how would they be indistinguishable from dragons? Right. Because Absolutely. right there, dragons are in every culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're almost always described the exact same way. I mean, there's differences. Like some Mm -hmm. had wings, some had different colors and stuff, but they all kind of got the same point across. Right. Yeah. And like you said, you know, in that period of time, you know, trying to describe them in those writings, they they would come across as dragons. Uh, I mean, it's that, that and the flood. 
I, I didn't know that other other cultures had like flood myths. I know that there's. Oh one. yeah. I like it. It was really new to me at the time. There was one example he brought up of um this this. It's like going back to like the dawn of like what we would consider the Stone Age. Basically, there's this giant rock that they found somewhere between Mongolia and China. And if you look at the etchings and you look at it compared to other languages that evolved during the time. It basically talks about a flood and a bunch of animals going into an ark and the ark coming out and half of humanity being drowned and then them starting anew. Mm-hmm. And his biggest thing was, you know, coming from the Christian perspective, see, even the Chinese knew the Old Testament, what we would see as the Old Testament. But at some point when languages became confused, that myth became almost nothing. Right. Hmm. Interesting. It's just it's just crazy how those things work. And I mean, folks, this is a lot. This is the rabbit hole that I know a lot of you did not expect (laughs) us to go. But like, um, Craig, I know when when I was on your show, we started getting into the weeds of some of this stuff. So I thought, let's just jump into it. No, I I am. I am a self-described conspiracy enthusiast. Um, I want to say necessarily theorist. I don't buy into all of it, but I, I like to. I like to read about all of it and like kind of formulate my own thoughts and even the most bizarre ones entertain me to the point where I could have a discussion all, all night about it. So, um, yeah, I, I can go as deep as you want to go and I'm sure Bill can too. (laughs) Me and Bill have gotten into some pretty deep discussions and both, neither one of us actually usually buy into the shit that we're talking about, but we still like to entertain the conversation. Yeah. Just kind of see where it goes. I find that I find that right now is both a great and a terrible time for conspiracy theories because I don't talk yeah, about it shit. a lot because I mean I'm still kind of stuck with that cultural stigma of oh you don't talk about that but mm-hmm. at the same time it's like normal people or you know supposedly normal people that I would never <laughs> have these conversations with are the ones pushing like the most outlandish ideas and I think mm-hmm. what made a lot of this socially acceptable was when Jeffrey Epstein died and both uh-huh. the political left and the political right looked at that and then they looked at each other and everyone's first response is that guy didn't kill himself (laughs) that's the turning point i saw when most of the normies started becoming conspiracy theories conspiracy theorists outright it's just like well shit i didn't expect i i'd see like all kinds of people across facebook posting the hashtag jeffrey epstein didn't kill himself and just like I would never would have guessed any of these people would be talking about this shit. And now all of a sudden, everyone, with that, whether they admit it or not, is somewhat of a conspiracy theorist. And if you look at it, it's kind of the same true, goes true with, um, with JFK assassination. I, I think it was like 58% of Americans don't believe the lone gunman theory. So that means 58% of Americans are in some way conspiracy theorists whether they want to admit it or not it, because a conspiracy theory isn't just some outlandish like lizard people or something like that 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 can't be pro- a conspiracy theory is just something that goes against the the major narrative like the the mainstream narrative and the mainstream narrative still to this day is jfk was killed by a lone gunman in the book depository um firing off three shots in what like five seconds or something like that with a bolt action rifle it's like come on man give it a fucking break so when when people um poke fun at you for being a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist it's just like well well look at this and like yeah i don't think that's true it's like well you're just 
claiming to be a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist yourself based on the definition of a conspiracy theorist. I think I've seen more people question COVID and coronavirus Mm -hmm. than anything else. That's when I've seen people actually start posting stuff that I'm like, wow, I'm really surprised that person's saying something. That's not usually their MO. Whether it's a mask or no mask situation, whether it is, you know, killing everybody or killing nobody, this seems to be the one time where everyone is just going to openly scream out thoughts that I think when we listen to them a year from now, everyone Mm -hmm. will feel ridiculous. I think so too. I agree. And interesting on top of that, is this the first year I've seen people all over Facebook kind of denying the two-party system and like looking for that third party? I've seen more people turning libertarian in the last like three months than I never knew even existed. Like people sharing Joe Jorgensen's ads and sharing like the the Spike ads and stuff like that. It's just like, I ne- these are people I was in the military with. And as you know, probably not, 80% of the military is diehard uh, right-winged for the most part, if you look at it, the the details, but these guys that I was in the military with, I, I see most of them posting like Joe Jorgensen ads and we got to get rid of the two party system and stuff like that. So it's interesting that the shift in um, not only like the conspiracy theory, like people starting to like, kind of, I guess you could say getting woke is, is the term. <laughs> I, I hate that term. You're getting red pilled. Getting red pilled is getting red pilled is becoming a a mainstream uh, verbiage too, and but it, it's interesting how at the same time they're also like politically like deciding well this this system we live in it it kind of sucks and we need something different. I think uh, I think when this episode comes out, it's either going to be late August or early September. But I think we're going to have two like big eruption moments where everyone's lives mm-hmm. are going to be really affected personally like people Mm -hmm. listening to this your life will be affected i think it's going to come around 9 11 i think it's going to come around christmas maybe thanksgiving Mm. i think christmas because people are either going to be told you can't do stuff i mean how we how we're going to go and celebrate the holidays is going to be completely different but i think 9 11 everyone is so pent up we're going to start seeing some crazy shit and i think with that Mm. especially it's been almost like um you know we've all been chiseling away at the things that are socially acceptable to say, because you say nine 11 was an inside job and I'm not saying this folks, but you say nine 11 is an inside job hypothetically uh, in 2002 and you hate America. And how dare you say that you say that in 2010, you know, you're going to get pretty much the same thing, but you're going to have people come up to you and say, man, I, I believe you. You say that like any time after 2016, you say that at a party, full voice like oh yeah i think i think it was an inside deal people are gonna look at you and be like yeah probably yeah mm-hmm. yeah more it's than likely weird how that's happened because that is something yeah. that i thought would never happen even mm-hmm. for people who do believe the, the 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 direct story of what we all think we witnessed they're like they're they're open to it right and it's only well, been like 20 years right well i had kind of uh kind of predicted that maybe two or three years ago because of the JFK stuff. It's like once it's so far out of reach that it doesn't really affect our lives, maybe people will look at the facts and realize, hey, something's fishy about this. When it is so like personal and like you're so attached to it back in like the early 2000s or even up to like 2010, 2015, yeah, everyone's going to be like, 
dude, I had a dad that died there. How dare you? But once you get so far detached from it, kind of like with JFK, people actually start looking at the facts and realizing, hey, you you might have a point here that something does smell fishy about that. And that's when people, I'd say probably... Because how far are we out from uh, JFK's assassination? He was we're, killed in 64, right? Yeah, 63. So yeah, where we are sitting at, what, like um, 60? I can't do math. Almost 60 years? <laughs> yeah. Like 50, About, yeah. 57 years? Yeah. So give it like till 2050, I guarantee you over 50, 50% of the world will look back at the narrative just like JFK and be like, yeah, that that's bullshit. That's bullshit. This is why, I mean, this is this is a stupid this is probably uh, – I'm about to say it, it. It does sound kind of stupid in my head. This is one reason why I really want Trump to win. And mm-hmm. this is the only time I'm going to talk about this. I genuinely want him to win because you remember in 2017, he uh, he released a whole bunch of documents from the CIA. Yeah, Miller, I was so excited. Yeah, well, he only gave us half of it. And he mm-hmm. sends out this tweet like, holy shit, you won't believe what's in here. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> And, you know, Huge. this is, I mean, we're, we're watching this and it's like, uh, like the worst spoiler ever. <laughs> Lyndon Johnson is like uh, a Klansman and the CIA wanted to blow up Miami and frame it on Cuba. And Alan Dulles was a psycho and all this other stuff. And he's like, I'm going to go ahead and release the rest of it, but I'm going to do it the first weekend of November, 2020. And it's like, he <laughs> says that for a very specific reason. Yeah. If we want to yeah. know because he's wanted to know who killed JFK, <laughs> he has to get elected. It is the worst spoiler ever. It's like tune in next <laughs> next election for what really happened But, on but only if you vote for me, only if you yeah. vote for me otherwise it's, fuck you. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like ah Maybe if he loses, he'll still release it just to give, you know, <laughs> Biden a headache. But I God, genuinely I sure think so. I genuinely think he would be like, I didn't win. They don't get to know. Yep, no, but that's exactly what you do. With with so, the JF with the JFK thing, because I, I will totally forget this. I, I will publicly say I do not believe the lone gunman thing for a minute. Absolutely no. not. Absolutely my, not. My biggest changing point was the the magic bullet theory. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, yeah, after that, just I don't was, do that. Yeah, I mean, after that, I was like, "There's no, this can't, this can't be because of the evidence. The evidence says that can't be what happened." Yeah, and the um, the one that that got me, like I said before, was that he got four shots off in that short amount of time with a bolt action rifle and struck that car at with every single bullet, a moving vehicle with a bolt action rifle that I'm sure kicked. I don't know. I don't remember what kind of rifle it was, but I'm sure it had kicked. Man, that guy was a fucking great shot. That was the one that got me. It's just like, there's no way I could do that on a range, like like a, a stationary range where all the environment was controlled and get get my shots, like four shots off in that amount of time and actually hit paper. Mm-hmm. Not not hit the bullseye, but hit paper. There's no freaking way. Mm-hmm. And so for this guy who... Didn't some people claim that he wasn't even that great of a shot when he was in the Marines? Yeah. Something like that. Like, there's no way that dude of all people could find out the route of which they were traveling, but also get there in time to go ahead and properly place his shot. Like, I was, I was, uh, I I got, I got my first AK recently. I've never fired Mm -hmm. an AK ever. And we're, I'm freaking boresighting this thing. I've got my target about 50 meters away. Like, I 
And, you know, an AK versus a bolt-action rifle, totally different. But, I mean, the premise is there. I had to really make sure that, you know, between breaths, between pulling the trigger, that I was still keeping my grouping. Hmm. I, I'm pretty confident with with most rifles. But there, hmm. I know for a fact to get out, like, what was it, five rounds within less than, like, ten seconds apart. Yeah, right. You know, you're hitting your target mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. Yep. That makes no and sense. And it's a moving target. And... It, he's shooting from above, so it's not like you're just shooting a straight right. shot. You're you you got a, a elevation difference that you got to mm-hmm. account for, and so it's bizarre. And then on top of that, I'm sorry, this is like probably not ex- <laughs> at all where you wanted this this, this conversation. This is where to go. it's going. Just let it go there. <laughs> on top of that, um, there are witnesses that that put uh, Lee Harvey Oswald like three stories down within minutes of the assassination don't quote me on that this is just shit that i've read on the internet so (laughs) so i this is just stuff that i read that made me say hmm what the fuck and so to be anywhere within even 10 minutes of that time not be cited in already like know exactly what you're going to be doing and still get that amount of shots off no no you can't say that even if there was one other person in that book depository with him that was taking shots like side by side, like simultaneously to get that amount of shots off. That's still a conspiracy theory because the official story is, and they stick their gun, stick by their guns up till this day, 60 some years later, it was a lone gunman. There was absolutely no way there was nobody else there. It was a lone gunman. It's kind of like, it kind of reminds me of uh, modern day. And um, I'm not going to talk too much because this is still like, <laughs> One of those things that I said people are still attached to this, but uh, the Las Vegas shooting, what like five, four or five years ago, there was a I, I heard the video of that and the amount of shots that were going off. I'm like, yeah, we watched that. Yeah, there is no, in my opinion, and I'm not an expert. There's no way you can shoot that many rounds consecutively without your fucking rifle barrel like starting to glow. I've seen the rifle barrels glow when you shoot that many rounds out consecutively. I mean that that whole thing. I mean, I think it's pretty it's pretty safe to talk about now. Like that that whole thing is just wrong for two reasons. One, because of what you said, but you know, other than that, I mean, there you look at the receipts that were um, invoiced to the room. I mean, he's ordering double everything. So what does that oh, indicate? Yeah. It indicates that there are multiple people there. That mm. and when you look at the Las Vegas coroner's report, the person that they brought and that he was going to cut open and examine was not the person that they said it was. It was right. somebody else. That, and you look at where the bullet casings were, because apparently they, they couldn't, I, I think it was, I think they had to go up there and they shot him. But when you look at the photos of the of the crime scene from where he was, you see dry casings on top of a puddle of blood. Yes. Now here's what I know. Why would those casings be so close to the, the body if somebody is shooting from a distance, like a good mm-hmm. four or five feet if you're getting that close? I, I don't think they got that close, but that makes no sense. So that meant that somebody either was standing on top of him blowing you know, rounds into him or he was shot and then he's still firing back at them. But mm-hmm. he didn't fire back at them. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, it I makes think, no sense. Yeah, I mean, we've just that that's not even something that I hear a lot of people talking about. It's like we've almost mm-hmm. completely forgotten about but, that. Yeah, which blows my mind that 
because there's so many questions with that one. Well, and that's why they made it go away so fast. That yeah. that left the news cycle so freaking yeah. fast because there was so many questions behind it. On top of that, there was two windows he was shooting out of because he had two mm-hmm. separate weapons. But again, if you listen to to the shots, there's maybe like a split second pause. It's like pop, 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 pop. Yeah. Pop, 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 pop. He's not running window to window in that short amount of time. There's mm-hmm. there's no way. And this is like two separate rooms. This is like a hotel suite that he's having to travel across another room, get to another window to shoot out of in that short amount of time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, this is why when everyone focuses on the bump stocks, I thought that was the great, I thought that was a great diversion. <laughs> yeah, I, oh yeah, no I've doubt. never, I've never fired with a bump stock, but what I do know is that the argument saying it basically makes them a fully automatic rifle, that still doesn't make sense. No. Doesn't explain no. everything. Oh my God. All the bizarreness. That, that whole situation. I, I interviewed a uh, Laura Loomer when she was in Vegas investigating that thing. And it, it, I mean, I don't think she got a lot of the conclusions she was looking at, but she was pulling out a lot of information that a lot of, you know, mainstream professional reporters weren't. It, it was absolutely crazy. Um, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> back to back to doomsday stuff. This comes from Zoroastrianism. The Zoroastrians oh, wow. believe that the earth will be devoured by fire, after which sinners will be punished for three days and then forgiven. That sounds kind of kind of revelationy. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I don't think there's anything indicating that you know there's a giant you know sun flare that's going to roast the planet anytime well, soon. But they were, they, of, were they were accurate, not precise, but accurate. Yeah. yeah. Well, look at uh, what they say about climate change. How in what like twenty years from now the world's going to be right. so fucking hot that that we can't survive. Yeah, well, I was just reading something. What was it 2050? Uh, the UN is saying they'll, they'll be. Oh no, this was not one I just read. Mm-hmm. It was 2050. The UN says that there'll be one billion refugees due to uh, climate change. Oh, I had seen a thing where like a 1976 computer, so the big ones that take up like whole entire like buildings. That computer. Predict it was like a prediction of humanity, and um, just plugging in all this information. Um, this computer predicted that by 2040 we had basically like consumed ourselves and um overpopulation and climate issues would have completely i I think covid gives us another 20 years because it's helped clean out some of the population that's true i mean we're three you see that kfc is 3d printing chicken nuggets (laughs) that doesn't surprise me at (laughs) all i I have you tried kfc have you tried kfc's natural (laughs) chicken nuggets they probably taste better than that Probably. I mean, I'm not. I'm not putting too much past them. I, I've got a. I've got a really good friend of mine who genuinely believes that we're gonna go ahead and out, outpopulate ourselves, and we're gonna lead to a world of giant scarcity. And I just don't believe that because when you look at the industrial revolution, even what we've just been able to create in the past like 20 years specifically, like I don't believe that a lack of resources will ever be the problem. And even if we right. run out of certain things, or we are, are incapable of growing some things naturally. I mean, you look at I, I I I use McDonald's as a big example. Like the Big Mac has all the protein and nutrients you need for a full week. <laughs> so well, you beer, have, yeah, beer so. has enough protein in it for you to survive. Beer single handedly saved a civilization when like um, water was polluted. I can't remember when it was, but there was a time when like there was plague and stuff going around and people couldn't drink the water and uh, food was scarce. People stuck with beer because it would purify the water and the protein in beer 
was enough that it, it basically beer saved mankind because of the nutrients and stuff. There, there you go. Save up on beer. That's the most epic thing I think I've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's, I, I, I genuinely think that if humanity is going to end up like not surviving, it's going to be entirely with us. It's going to be entirely yeah. our fault. Like, you know, may, maybe that kind of falls into the whole, you know, climate change situation. But I don't even think that'll be it. I think I, I'm banking on AI, actually. I think AI is going to wipe out humanity. I think Elon Musk has something to say about that. Like when, yeah, he, yeah. when he talks about it, it sounds kind of ridiculous. But I mean, think about it. when you're on Elon Musk's level, yeah. everything must sound ridiculous. Yeah. So when he's and saying he is- that to us, it just makes sense. And it does. Yeah, like like he said, he's a really intelligent guy that knows way more than we do. When he's sitting there ominously saying that AI is going to be the end of us and yeah. warning humankind about AI, I kind of take stock in that because this, this guy is a freaking genius. Yeah. This is why he wants to get to Mars so badly. Yeah, right. That, that scares going. me too. The fact that he's <laughs> pushing so hard on this, like we they just launched the first people – like commercially to the space station, right? Mm-hmm. On on uh, a uh, Tesla rocket or a SpaceX rocket. Immediately following that, probably even before they got to the space station, Elon Musk was like, all right, guys, we need to switch courses now. We need to start working on go- going to Mars. We don't even know if this thing's good enough yet, but we need to get to Mars now. Well, the United Arab Emirates fired a probe to Mars to check it out. Now, if they're listening to Elon Musk... I I think we should be. <laughs> they they know what's up, and I mean it's it, it. This is one of those times where it's like you know all this is kind of funny, but like I I've kind of lost more of my faith in humanity than I thought I would, and mm-hmm. I thought this whole oh, yeah. I, I thought this whole epidemic, this whole pandemic, and everything else going on, like I thought that maybe just maybe. It would be kind of like after 9-11 when regardless of your faith, where you're from, what you believe, whatever, we were all going to be together. I think that the big institutions of the world, both corporate and public, have done so much to damage that goodwill that even normal people – I mean Craig, you brought this up. Like all all these people you wouldn't typically think would share like libertarian Joe Jorgensen memes and stuff. I -hmm. don't think it has to do with them being libertarian or them suddenly wanting to try a libertarian option. I think they just want to blow shit up metaphorically. Yeah. I yeah, think it's they more just want to shake everything up. This is the most anti-system. This is the most oh, yeah. anti-status quo thing. Therefore, we just got you know start over from scratch, burn it down type of situation. I'm down. I am down with that. To be honest, <laughs> if it makes something better, I mean that's the only way. Honestly, I think a, th- a third-party candidate like Joe Jer- Jorgensen, who is calling for like the end of like pulling troops out and ending like foreign wars and stuff like that. You are like canceling our way of life as Americans because how much of our, our economy is based on war? Like how the the Great Depression was ended because of World War II because we and decided everyone to send that lives people. around me is like seven degrees of a defense contractor. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like the yeah. reason why Northern Virginia is so blue and why the rest of the state is red is because you know the entire military industrial complex is here. That's not mm-hmm. me saying it. The president said that. 
He's like, well, yeah. look who's around. You've got Lockheed and they don't like me, you know, cutting their budget. I mean, <laughs> cu- cutting the amount of stuff we're putting towards their projects. And, you know, Northrop Grumman gets upset. It's like he, he was calling them out as is. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, it's times like this where it's like, yeah, I think maybe we'll hear that voice. But ultimately, um, I think oh, this, this is going to sound terrible. I think George Floyd and his just just dying will have more of an impact on how people see things than anything, any candidate, regardless of who's running. And it could be Republicans, mm-hmm. Democrats. Yeah. That, that did more because it directly affected culture. This is why yeah. I think, you know, like Kanye West, I genuinely think that if he was serious about running, and I don't know what that whole situation will be like by the time people listen to this, like Kanye West and Donald Trump are almost similar because they're both products of culture they're both yeah. cultural beings they're not policy oriented they're not any of that stuff they are a product of what we observe what we consume what we put our time and our energy towards mm-hmm. this is why i genuinely think that you know if kim kardashian wanted to she you know had chris jenner managing kanye's whole pr campaign for his race like i think that they've been conditioning america to have the kardashians be the for- first family since they oh, first God. came out Bill would love that. Bill's a Kim Kardashian fan. So he brings it up on almost every episode of our podcast. I mentioned it twice and it just became a thing. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to ride this. I mean, might, might as well. And I, I, I think, I think he could do it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think he, can he be worse? Can he be much worse? I mean, yeah. like I said, um, even when Donald Trump was running, I think he genuinely thought he was going to go in and shake shit up. Oh yeah, because he wasn't a politician. He wasn't. Um, wh- whether you like the guy or not, do you think he thought he would win? I think he did because I, I, yeah, think, I he think he thinks he, he would win anything. Yeah. I knew. I knew from the day he um, got up and gave his first public announcement that he was running. I had said that day. I texted my brother. I'm like, this guy's going all the way, and he's like, bullshit. It's not going to happen. There's no way. I was like. Okay, let's let's see this happen. And even even up to the eleventh hour, when they were saying Hillary had like ninety eight percent of the vote, I'm like, Trump's gonna win. He's gonna win because he's saying all the right things. People are tired of this bullshit. I mean, not necessarily the right things, but the things that get people to think we need to shake this shit up. And that is what America needed at the time. And then I think he genuinely genuinely believed that he was going to go in and shake shit up. I don't think he saw the, the horse shit, the, the hurricane against him from cha- making any change right. that he ended up getting. Like, what has he actually really been able to accomplish in the last three and a half years because they're fighting tooth and nail against everything the guy says. The media is, um, the Democrats are, everybody is. Even, even Republicans are fighting against mm-hmm. everything he says. I don't think he saw that coming. I think... Like, for the most part, politicians say what they want to get elected into office. They say, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to impose this, and they get in, and what what really is accomplished? I think when Trump made those statements, his narcissistic brain actually believed that he was going to go in and drain the swamp and uh, shake the system up, and that gave everyone hope. And when I saw that, I was just like, "This this guy is what people think that America needs right now. And I and I think I mean from everything I've read, he has done most of what he said he could do that was attainable. You know, of course he's still working on the wall, but um, I think he's done a lot more than what you know other presidents say because I think that's he's got the attitude of most new politicians is I'm going to go shake shit up, 
before you see how fucked up the system actually is. This is why I somewhat buy into the alternate reality theory because if two – I'm sorry, not two. If five, six years ago you told me that President Donald Trump would be getting into a spat with the junior senator from Utah, Mitt Romney, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'd yeah. be like, what type of acid trip are you going on? And well, ultimately I think – I. I get I get a lot of crap for this. I don't think that Trump is a libertarian president. I've never no. said that. But I think that libertarians have a lot to gain from Trump. And I think this is why another term of Trump will be good because in, in you know in a in an astrophysical sense, let's put it that way, because he has made more people actually doubt the institutions, not just mm-hmm. the person. I, you know, you look at yeah. the left, I mean it really bothers me. You have some people and on the right who just their entire life is just dedicated to ev- being the opposite or being completely what he is or isn't. Right. And I mean, I think a lot more people, just regular people that just want to take care of their families, do their work, just live their lives, are looking at this and they're like, I don't trust any of these people. Right. 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 I think and I think having people doubt the system and opt out of the system and try and become more reliant ha- is is better than anything anyone else could possibly do because they don't see mm-hmm. it as a direct action, but it's an inverse effect of what happens. This is why I think, you know, with, with Corona, with everything else, when, when it comes up to the, to the anniversary of nine 11, you're going to have a lot of people saying shit that they would never say before. I mean, I bet, I bet like 10 bucks. So let's, let's go on the record here. Like I bet smart money that like Ilhan Omar or one of like the squad or something mm-hmm. will walk out at a public press conference and say 9-11 was a good thing. I bet they'll say oh, that. That. I, then, that would not surprise me whatsoever. I, I bet they will say that because she's already said, you know, passing stuff. She couldn't say it directly. Yeah. Oh, some people did the thing. And I heard that my blood boiled, but I genuinely think, mm. you know, saying that 9-11 was a bad thing. is almost going to become like 4th of July where it's like, if you yeah. don't, if you celebrate 4th of July, you're a white supremacist. If right. you don't yep. celebrate 4th of July, you're a real American. And it's like, what the fuck? We can't even yeah. see like, this used to be something that was not debatable. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now, now it's like people are going to lose their ever loving minds. Yeah. Right. My prediction was because they're, what's happening this year, you know, politically and socially kind of mirrors a lot of what happened in 1968 that come October, we're going to see a, a days of rage redo. So, yeah. Yeah. Leading up to the election, we talked, we've talked about this a couple of times, yeah. like democratic the, national convention is just gonna be a shit. So yeah, the, the days of rage was leading up to the election in 1968 and people just lost their freaking minds and, and just fucked shit up. So yeah, I don't, I don't see it getting any better anytime soon. And then no. leading up to this election, it's going to just get a hell of a lot worse. Oh shit. Yeah. If, if Trump is elected again, right. I mean, yeah, you're going to see – I mean the left is just going to lose their fucking ever-loving mind. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I do genuinely believe that you'll have some people – It's I, I, don't, I don't put too much credence on it because this is coming from the same crowd that said they'd move to Canada if he got elected. Right. But you're going to have some like celebrities threatening like mass suicide. It's like no, no, Lena Dunham, Lena Dunham. I'm not, I'm not going to kill myself because Orange Man bad because you said so. I'm not going. Yeah, to. it's that. Well, it's that cult mentality, though. It's oh, yeah. like, I mean, the cult mentality is already there. I say what I say, and you follow it, regardless of the facts. But because I said it, it must be fact. Um, the cult mentality is there. So no, I, I, I don't put it past it at all. For no. especially. In the celebrity level, like celebrities, 
they say, say all this shit about how the world should be run and how um, bad things are. And they're sitting there fucking like $12 million mansion in a, a hot tub full of rose petals saying how uh, the coronavirus is affecting their lives and they, they've lost their wealth because of this. They're in a literal prison. Yes, yes. And, and people are glomming on that. They're like, you know what? She's right. Madonna's right. We are like seeing um, this, this shit. Like everything is horrible. It's like, you, you realize where she's saying this from, right. but they glom on it like a cult leader mm-hmm. because somebody famous said it. And so oh, for yeah. Lena Dunham to come out and say, we're all going to kill ourselves if Trump's elected. I, I imagine that's what her voice sounds like because she's the... Pretty accurate. Pretty spot the on. Uber, fe- <laughs> uber feminist. So it's got it's got to sound like... What, what blew my mind was um, after 4th of July. So I, I love like the old 80s um, Saturday morning cartoons, right? And so I'm a member of this Facebook page where they, they put up these 80s cartoons. So Saturday morning, I can wake up, just watch cartoons. So after 4th of July, someone had posted Mount Rushmore with some fireworks going off. And people start freaking out over it. And they're like, you know, you need to take this fucking shit off and this. And this one guy said, I just wish there was a sniper up on GW's head. And I'm like, dude, he's the fucking president. Right. I'm, are you fucked up? I mean, why would you even say that? You know? And so it just... He's not my president. It just blew my mind. I uh, it, it's it's ironic you guys bring up the 1968 election, Days of Rage, because we don't we don't talk much about that year. But I think that was probably one of the most important years in at least American political mm-hmm. history. And history, mm-hmm. I don't believe you know it, it doesn't repeat itself, but sure as hell rhymes. And when you just right. look at the main factors, it's like we have a former unpopular vice president who has competed for his party's nomination, and he basically gets it because everyone has basically died or dropped out. Mm-hmm. And then you have like this guy he's who's dying. Yeah, and then <laughs> then you have this guy who's flirted with it for years. He's had it pulled from him, and then he got mad at other people. So he ran a campaign, won unexpectedly. And when people think it's his time to get out, what they're basically doing is basically just reinforcing the people that may have gone out to definitely going out. Mm-hmm. And then specifically with Days of Rage. Part of me thinks that that's why the DNC know they have a feeling that would happen because they were they were riots and protests outside of the DNC in 2016. People don't talk about it because it was the Bernie Bros doing that, so they focus on the 12 people at Cleveland for the GOP that showed up to protest, but they ignore like the hundreds of people in the streets of Philadelphia who are getting maced mm-hmm. by the cops because Hillary rigged the entire primary process. But yeah. I mean, we've got Antifa, who I think is basically the the modern weather underground, and mm-hmm. then you have the D- Democrat. Socialists of America, who is you know basically uh, the spiritual successor to the uh, Students for a Democratic Society, who planned the the Chicago riots and stuff. Mm-hmm. So well, you look at all of that, and it's like change. You know, it's like it's like the the Force Awakens of this Star right. Wars analogy. It's like things are a little different, but it's basically the same. Right. Well, it's kind of crazy because we've. We keep stumbling back, and I called us like the Ghostbusters of like th- that time era, like the parallels with that time era, because it seems like almost every episode we've done in the last month has kind of paralleled with that time frame or like the communist revolution of what the 40s, 20s? Oh, no, it was 1918. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're talking about um, Antifa being basically the weather underground. We actually did a full-blown episode talking about how uh, um, 
Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter, um, their their heroes were some of these weather underground people. Even one of the the organizations called Thousand Currencies or Thousand Currents. The the funding of Black Lives Matter. She was a former uh, weather underground person that like was um, she was uh, pardoned by Bill Clinton. Yeah, Bill, she was ser- supposed to serve fifty nine years in prison for killing cops, and uh, she got pardoned by Ver- Bill Clinton. Bernadine Dorn. No, 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 no. no. Some, she was uh, like not Bill Roberto. Ayer's wife. No, 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 no. no, no, no it wasn't her. Bernadine Dorn. But on top of that, you see all these organizations coming out of the co- the the colleges, like the Occupy movements. I, I I see like Antifa kind of as and and I've seen other people um, talk about this. So this is just coming out of my brain. Um, just go look it up. Um, like Antifa kind of developed from the Occupy movements of what like 2015, 2016, which came directly out of the colleges. You look at the colleges, you get people like Bill Ayers is a college professor. He's retired now, but he's a college professor. Bernadine Dorn was a law professor. You get all these activists that, that, um, were not pardoned, but they were let off because, um, the FBI was illegally tapping their phones. So they got off on all their crimes, never spent a day in prison. And then they went on to be college professors. So the people that are teaching these people now are, um, the former heads of these uh, organizations such as the Weather Underground. So you wonder why there's these cycles. It's because these people, these prominent people, leave their their position in these activist movements behind and then just go raise up another generation of activists. It's not like they leave these um, ideals behind. It's not like they just decide, I was wrong. I don't want to destroy America. No, no, you don't. If you're that set in your ways that you will go to fucking prison or die for your cause, you don't leave that behind. You still got that in the back of your head. And then when you're a prominent professor at a college, you know that that's leaking out of out of your teaching. One of the weather underwear uh, underwear (laughs) underground guys. Not uh, Bill Ayers. He said, you know, he's a professor. He said one of his students had asked him, like, you know, what were you doing during the 60s? Did you serve in Vietnam? He's like, no, we're trying to overthrow the government. You know, just (laughs) straight out, just like, boom, that's what we were doing. You know, Um, but I took some education classes because I had wanted to be a teacher. And they were actually teaching Bill Ayers education philosophy to us. I mean, he was like in our, our, yeah, in our book. And I'm just like, this is a fucking terrorist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, no, no, you're just blowing it out. He's not actually... T- no, he actually blew shit up. He yeah, blew up the he, Pentagon. Yes. He, these he people blew up the freaking are, Pentagon. Yeah, well, he's a prominent in education classes yeah. in Iowa. These people are being praised as heroes in the colleges, and you wonder why out of the colleges are coming, like, the activist movements, mm-hmm. the Black Lives Matter, the, the, the Occupy movements, and Antifa and stuff like that. And people say we're conspiracy theorists. But you follow that trail back and, yeah. and it's infiltrated all in our education system. And that's why I was like, you know, the leadership of Black Lives Matter. I'm like, you take BLM, it's just the Black Liberation Movement again. Yeah, and they love oh, symbolism. Shit. I now I so I see that. <laughs> it's uh oh wow. It, it's it's times like these that make me realize that I the only way to be ahead of the curve is to admit that you can't control big events. You can't control mm-hmm. big things. Sometimes you can, but more often than not, 
we we won't be able to. And I think really the best thing going forward, and this kind of wraps up everything in a nice bow to present this uh, pile of crazy to people, is like if you want to be free, if you want to be able to identify these things and ultimately be prepared for when they happened, you've got to, you've got to work on yourself. And this is like, I I said this on parlor. I basically put out this post because I was tired of people putting out these whole manifestos against the face mask thing. And I'm like, guys, this is not about the face mask. If you're focused on that, you're focused on the wrong thing. Like Mm -hmm. go, go learn to garden, go learn to hunt, Mm -hmm. go learn a skill, go take a walk, go watch a movie with your kids, literally do things that directly impact you because that's the only real change you can measure. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of these people, like I heard it again, somebody said, oh, this is the election to end all elections this is the most important election in our lifetime. It's like they've said that all the time. Every right. election is the most important election of our lifetime. Yeah. Every election. Yeah. And, and you know, like, it, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, it was after um, Obama's second election. Right. And, you know, and, and I was one that firmly believed like, okay, we're, we're going to become straight on communist. You know, <laughs> I mean, that, that was my thinking at the time. Right. But I then probably I thought the but, same thing. Well, and then that, but like you said, you know, I, I learned, okay, I need to focus within, you know, I need to focus on things I can control and make myself better, my family better, my, my local stuff, you know, better and, and deal with that because that's what I can control. Yeah, I mean, it's like with this whole with this whole shit, uh, shit show at the schools. It's like a, a lot of these parents have just basically admitted they don't like their kids, they don't want their kids, and they don't know how to be around their kids. And that yeah, the only much. way to do that is to put them back in taxpayer daycare. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's really it. and that that I think you know I, I don't say this. In, in like a directly rude way, though, if you take it that way, I mean, just take it because you're probably going to be upset with a lot of other things I said. Like I, I'm starting to really buy into the simulation theory. Mm-hmm. You know, we are all individuals, but some individuals are just blanker than others. Like they right. just don't have much going on. Like they've got enough to make some decisions for themselves and to go through some critical thinking. But other than that, there's just not much there because the, the connection just wasn't made. So you've got these people who are basically like, you know, NPCs and it's like, you, you know, you can't change them. You can't do anything. All you can do is be the main character of your own mm-hmm. story. Like right. you can't fix right. them unless they are destined to be fixed, in which case you might have very little to do with it. Other than that, what do you have to do with the NPCs? Avoid them, work with them where you can, and get ready for them to go ahead and burn down a hardware store because they're against systematic injustices mm-hmm. because that makes so right. much sense. Yep. That's a great analogy. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. You say we're all our own main character. It's like a lot of these people don't, know how to be their own main character and that's why they want to depend on the government to make these regulations for them or they want to depend on the government to um, pay for this shit for them or they want them to regulate everything around them so that their life is wrapped up in this perfectly uh, like pretty package it's just like you make you make it on your own like you make decisions for yourself the government's not in your best interest regardless of which side it is it's just not. They're they're still in their own best interest. They're still in the best interest of the corporations that are funding them, which in, rolls back to them being in their own best interest. If you want something done or if you want 
things to be a certain way. You, you got to do that on your own. And people, like so many people, probably 90% of people don't know how to be their own main character in their own story. They just want to be like a supportive character. And it's like, dude, just, just go do fucking, just do it on your own. Yeah. I, I couldn't have said it better myself, really. I mean, this, this whole situation has shown it more so than anything else. The number of young people I'm seeing, like college-age people, who are saying that they're not leaving their house until there's mm-hmm. a vaccine out there. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry. There are much bigger problems going on in your life if you think mm-hmm. that that is the immediate threat to you. Right? Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't make those people listen. I can't convince them with rhetoric or memes. All I can right. do is hope to just be a better version of myself. Well, guys, we're, we're up on time. This has been an awesome right. conversation. Sometimes you got to let the tangents go where they go. And then we oh, end like up it. at awesome conclusions like this. Uh, Craig, Bill, thank you so much. I'm a fan yep. of uh, Break the Bell and everything you do. If people want to check you out, definitely subscribe and listen. Um, how can they do so? Uh, they can find us at uh, Break the Bell Pod. Uh, on Twitter or Break the Bell Pod on Instagram or Facebook.com slash Break the Bell. Um, we're just a, a, a weekly podcast that that digs into the current events. We don't really jump into the conspiracy theories too much because we don't want to scare people away just yet. But um, we dig into the current events and what's going on. And then we also, as we did kind of today, we parallel, give like a side parallel of like historical background to to kind of show how things are sick cyclical and so um we we usually like throw a little bit of history in with with our podcast so um definitely join us every week at wednesday on wednesday um we're on youtube like you said stitcher wherever you can find podcasts wherever on the internet you can find it um otherwise like like i said check us out on all those social media programs awesome stuff do you guys have some time to record some bonus content yeah i'm done because I've got time and I've got, I want to jump through some of these rabbit holes. So, folks, we're going. I don't do a lot of bonus content, so be happy when I do. I think the last bonus content we posted up was the degenerate theater with the degenerate panels discussing terrible movies that are so bad they're good. But we'll go ahead and jump into some of this. Uh, as always, hey, I'll be back in a couple of days. You know where to find me. As always, I'm Rems W. Martinez. You're listening to On the Run. I'll talk to you later. Good night, America. shows and more from the We Are Libertarians network at wearelibertarians.com.